Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. And our good friend Gabe Geller, who many of you know from Royal Wine as the uh, wine education manager, among many other titles that he holds, is here with us this morning in studio at JM in the AM because uh, we are discovering what is for us a brand new kosher winery, a brand new kosher label. Gabe Geller, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's a pleasure to be here as always. Nice to speak with you. There are a lot of wine Rosh Chodesh clubs. Are you are you uh, aware of this? That there are groups of people around the world. Big time. Yeah, big time in different places. Could be Manhattan, could be London, could be California, could be Israel. And around Rosh Chodesh, sometimes literally on Rosh Chodesh, mm-hmm. they get together and they, I guess... You try out new or maybe some classic wines, and they, they have a whole wine club, a whole Rosh Chodesh club. Yeah, the, the whole idea of the Rosh Chodesh club was started by my good friend uh, Yossi Horowitz uh, about six and a half years ago. And uh, I actually uh, played a role in spreading out the word through my Facebook group. <laughs> uh, and that's how so many people all around the world thought, oh, wow, this is actually a great idea. So now there are a lot of copycat groups. Huh? Oh, yeah. Now, how ironic is it, with that in mind, that on Rosh Chodesh, you bring a special guest to our studio whose name is Claude Giselbrecht. Giselbrecht. That works. You know, people uh, say off, my name. Off the air, yeah. I pronounced it properly. That's fine. You know, in, Fre- in French, people say for me, Geller or Geller. I don't really like the Geller pronunciation, but it's actually not, not wrong. It's no, funny. It's I never fine. even considered that yeah. Geller. Yeah. Oh, I never of course, it's certainly not. English. I have a new name for you. Not, you know, Claude, who is here in studio, is winemaker of the Koenig Winery, K-O-E-I-N-I-G, in Alsace, Alsace, uh-huh. France, uh, which is, I assume, a city in France, right? Uh, Alsace is a region. It's a region in yes. France. Claude, shalom, bonjour. Welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom, Narum. Hello, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. And apologize because I am French, as you can hear. So <laughs> if <apologize>. my English <laughs> is not good, please apologies. <laughs> I, I think the opposite. I think you're doing great. But I like the fact that you're apologizing for being French. I like that. <laughs> not for being French. I know. I'm kidding around. French level, Believe me, I'm kidding around. Um, look, we've been told that France is a very important wine-producing part of the world that's what we've been told for many (laughs) many years that when you want good delicious wine kosher or not france has plenty to offer tell me about your history with wine in france so i mean the the area i come from so alsace as you named is just to uh, map it is on the northeast of france it's close to the german border so Hmm. along the the rhine river so this is where we come from the first two have started to grow wines in that area were the, the Romans. So we're talking about like a, a over a thousand year history in winemaking already in that, uh, in that area. Some of the other wine regions of France are Champagne, right? What else? What else? Do we Bordeaux, Bordeaux, Burgundy. Are those anywhere near your region or those are far away? I from mean, the, the Champagne area and Burgundy area is... I mean, I guess from an American point of view, probably close by. For okay. us, French, a little bit further up, but uh, it's, yeah, let's say, a couple of hours driving in both directions. You can be in Air Champagne or Burgundy, which could be an interesting tour to do to 
combine Champagne, Alsace, and Burgundy. I'm actually looking at a map right now just to get a perspective in terms of uh, where you're located. So I assume it's near Strasbourg, exactly, right? Exactly. Okay. So you're really northeast. Absolutely. And you're very, very far east, but directly east of Paris. Yes, exactly. Hmm. It was like a six-hour drive from Paris to it's, your area? Uh, six, yeah, it's almost there. Six-hour drive from Paris. Now, Expert have, map yeah. reader I am. You see that? I was able to determine it's a six-hour drive. Amazing. Now we can save you driving. We have like the TGV fast train, which is taking Paris to Strasbourg in less than two hours now, which is makes it very practical. Very cool. So, what makes this region unique? A lot of people, we've discussed wine a million times on this show. People have a certain expectation when it comes to Bordeaux, Champagne, etc. What type of wine or grape are we growing in the northeast region of France? Uh, so, Alsace is known for growing uh, mainly white wines okay. because the, the climate, this is the first thing, and the terroir, but the climate is like what we call a continental climate, meaning that we have like cold winter with uh, snow regularly and warm summer. And that particular type of climate plus, uh, let's say, a later maturation or ripeness of the grapes makes it very good for the white wines. So this is why it's always been historically an area of white wines. So we're producing seven different varietals. So going from the very bone-dry style white wines up to more sweet and, uh, and rich and uh, white wines. All under the name Koenig? I'm talking about the region in general. The region in yes, general. Exactly. If what does Koenig make? Koenig, Koenig so is, is our brand for the kosher wines. Right. So uh, the, the Koenig wines are only uh, kosher wines that are made under the supervision of the uh, Bed in Strasbourg uh, because Strasbourg is a big uh, Jewish community there. And, uh, really? Yes. I mean, among France, is one of the most important Jewish community. What? So I, I couldn't tell you how See, many See, we're in New York. We assume there's no Jews anywhere else. <laughs> Yes, Strasbourg is, is famous and, and, and known for that. So, How many varieties of wine do you have in the kosher Koenig? I mean, uh, we produce now uh, around like close to 15 different... Oh, so... Uh, is, yeah, we have a big range. This is a serious winery, Gabe. This is, a, this is the real very deal. Very serious. Yeah. Very serious. You know, Nachum, uh, Koenig is not just any, any brand. Uh, it was probably the first, uh, the first brand, the first... Uh, uh, brand of kosher wines, of quality kosher wines. You know, now I'm not talking about the the sweet Concord wines right. that uh, of old. I'm talking really the the quality mainstream type of uh, of wine uh, that were made kosher all the way back in the 1960s under the name Koenig. Under the name Koenig. That was a, a winery that was called sure. uh, that was called Koenig, and uh, it existed until just a few years ago. Uh, and then they basically they retired and they sold the brand to uh, Claude here, uh, who has a winery uh, nearby uh, where uh, where Koenig used to be, uh, not too far away right. anyway. And uh, and he took over the Koenig brand. And uh, not only is he making uh, wines the way uh, they did, but he's he's making them perhaps even better. And he has developed the brand and developed. Uh, the Koenig name with even more wines than the, the, the used to have. So is this, a, we can call it a restart? A restart of the brand or that type of... Uh... Yeah, in a way. It's, a, it, it's more like a continuation, right. but uh, in, a very, uh, in a very positive way. So he's injected a tremendous amount of energy into Absolutely. the Koenig brand at this Absolutely. point. But I think he, he, he would be more qualified to talk about it himself. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and let me remind the audience that we are speaking with Claude... Uh, Giselle Brecht. 
Giselbrecht. I'm telling you, I'm going to get it right. <laughs> Winemaker of the Koenig Winery in the Alsace region of France. Um, so what is the signature wine? If there's one bottle that we are recommending to our listeners uh, to try in the kosher Koenig wine from the kosher Koenig winery, what would it be? So j- just to sum up quickly, what we have available here in the United States uh, through Royal Wine, we have four different wines. We have mm. I'll just name them because sure. it's 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 hard for me to say pick one instead of another one. Right. But some, it, some wineries have a signature wine. That's it's why true, I asked. It's right. true. Which which doesn't mean that you have to take all of them, right? Right. But uh, but. Uh, so we have a Riesling, which is a dry wine, Good. Pinot Gris of dry, Gewürztraminer, another of dry, and the Cremant, which is our sparkling wine. I would say the signature wine, as far as I'm concerned, but that's again is personal because wine is very personal, I would say is the Riesling. Because uh, Alsace has a very good terroir for dry style wine, and Riesling is our emblematic uh, varietal of, uh, of the area there. So very it's nice. a definitely a dry wine. Lots of crisps, uh, nice acidity in a very good fresh way. Nice, um, uh, how do you call that, uh, citrus type of notes when they're young. And then the interesting thing about the Riesling varietal is when it gets a little bit older and matured, it gets into way different type of aromas, much more complex, much more mineral. So it's a very interesting After and complex Riesling. Sorry? After how much time can you tell the I mean, it can... Come quite quickly. Let's say after two years already, the Riesling can start to mineralize a little bit. We even call it like petroleum notes, uh, which is not a very selling point, but it's true because it goes into that very earthy, sometimes waxy petroleum notes, aromas. But the wine then softens a little bit. I mean, the angles are not as uh, hard, harsh, and and the, the wine smoothens a little bit. And it, it's it's definitely a wine that is nice aging for white wine. I mean, nice uh, potential of, of aging. All right, Gabe Gallard, a big question. Is the Riesling, and we'll use that as the example for now, as Claude recommended, is the Riesling from Koenig available in retail outlets in this area? Absolutely. It is. I could ask for it. I could have it this Shabbos. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting possible. the... I don't know... Exactly. Uh, well, I don't mean this neighborhood. I mean in general in our, yes, in our community. Of course. It's around. Of course. I walk into the traditional retail outlet. I'm going to find it, and I can have it this Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, could you give us an approximate retail price? Would that be fair yeah, to yeah, ask you? It's around $15. Oh, so it's a yeah. re- very reasonable. Yeah. Between 13 to 17 All right. Depending now, Depending where, where, where you buy it. You said earlier, Claude, that the climate and the terroir are the two most profound elements that affect how a grape and therefore wine is going to taste. Is France so different in all these regions? Are the climates and the terroir so different that we, that we can, in fact, see one country have so much of a variety in terms of wine taste? It's a good, it's a good question, Aram, and the answer is definitely yes. Uh, even just in Alsace, our area, if you walk from one village, because we're talking about village here, the size of my right. village is 2,000 people, so you can imagine, and all, like that, all of many, them work for the winery? Uh, there's lots of them working in the wine area, right. not for our winery. I mean, this, I mean, then, yeah, then I would be happy. That right. means that uh, I would probably sell a lot of wine. But they're but all no, in the wine business. Yeah, it, many of them are in the wine business. And, and just in the next village, which is probably just a couple of miles driving from where I am, I mean, the soil might be a little bit different. And you grow the same kind of varietal Riesling from in one village and then in the second village. I mean, the taste will be a little bit different because there will be 
just even a little climate difference because one will be a little bit more in the hill, the other one a little bit more down, and temperature not the same, the ripe time not the same, and the terroir might be just a little difference, and then you have the style of the winemaking, which also makes a difference. So there's no one reasoning in our area, but I, w- I would say every winery has its own reasoning, which we definitely will taste uh, different from, from the other one. Do you get? Uh, do you still get amazed by this whole thing, that a, a little bit of a change in geography makes such a different grape? Always, always. Even with all it's, your experience, it, 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 it's 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 amazing. It's and unbelievable. That, 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 that's what you know keeps it always right. fascinating, and and why I'm so passionate about it. Because every time I'm amazed of you have two wineries that are right next to each other. <laughs> they are growing the same grape varieties. You know, they are the more or less you know having the same process, and yet they are noticeable, sometimes really significant differences between the wines. Unbelievable. Yeah. Your experience, it sounds like you're a real winemaker. Your experience comes from where? I mean, it's, it's the, the, the winery has been in our family since ages. I so you say. grew up with this whole yeah, thing? Yeah, I grew up. I had no other choice anyway to go and work right. every, I mean, you know, every off day when I was a kid. Uh, so as a every, teenager, you're somewhat of a wine expert already. I mean, not on the, let's say, not on, on the technical basis, yes, not on the, um, uh, not on the, the subtle level. You see what I mean? So I didn't have, like, at the time, didn't have any, like, uh, uh, um, let's say, uh, school level knowledge, but the technical knowledge of work, yes, absolutely. Right. But then after, so we, 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 my brother and I, so we made the studies for, and so we, we got into it more in details. And, and more, where did more that take place? You go where for that type of study? I mean, in, uh, nowadays you can, you can have like, uh, there's like a, a wine school in Alsace uh, nowadays, but earlier, so you had to go to other uh, regions. So it was... Uh, in in Bur- France? In, yeah, in France, in Burgundy, there was a very famous... Uh, and uh, say techniques, so where where people would like really learn the skills of, of winemaking. And now in France, there's so kind of those technical wine schools in, in major uh, wine areas. You know what? A lot of people don't realize who are listening right now, um, and we've picked this up because of all the conversations we've had with Israeli winemakers, American winemakers, French winemakers, etc. That you've brought us. Um, people don't realize the formal education they have in this area. That's true. You see, uh, that's what sets apart the old world of wine right. with the new world, meaning uh, the differences between Italy, Spain, France, Germany, uh, for instance, and, uh, say, California or Israel. Uh, in, in, in places like Alsace, uh, like uh, Claude and his family, and it's the same for most Burgundy producers, many Bordeaux, uh, and, of course, uh, in Italy as well, uh, and in uh, other places in Europe, making wine, producing wine... Uh, are family traditions that go back generations and generations with each generation uh, teaching the next. Uh, Whereas uh, in the New World, uh, you have essentially winemakers who went to school, who went to college, went to to grad school to to learn winemaking because the field of winemaking, of enology also, uh, uh, the science of enology, uh, has become something academic uh, uh, over the over the twentieth uh, century. Right. Before that, it was Real just formalized. a matter of uh, of tradition of right. really teaching. Uh, it's, one been generation. For, it's been formalized. Like, yeah, it's been formalized. It's it, it's become uh, a worldwide profession, uh, and, and and that's really what uh, what sets apart uh, a, a winery like clothes uh, 
from uh, from say a winery in Israel where you know they had to to to, to build everything from right. scratch just uh, a few years ago and uh, hire people who went to school and who knew what they what they were doing whereas you know Claude he, he learned that from his uh, father yeah. and grandfather and so on literally from the day that he was yeah. born Claude Gis- Giselbrecht is in our studio <laughs> winemaker at the Koenig Winery in Alsace, France, and uh, Gabe Geller, of course, the uh, wine education manager at Royal Wine, is here. Royal uh, imports this wine, Koenig. Mm-hmm. You'll find it in your retail stores. You could try to Riesling first, but Claude would say try any of the four varieties that are available here uh, first uh, and enjoy it either this Shabbos or whenever. And, of course, today being Rosh Chodesh, take advantage, make, your little, uh, make a, make a uh, little Rosh Chodesh club of your own and enjoy the Koenig wine. Uh, do you ever taste Israeli wines? I, I was lucky to travel to Israel uh, last year, and uh, yes, and uh, I tasted them. And I, I'm, I'm more, maybe it's because I, I come from a white wine area, so more into right. the, the white wine um, uh, appeal. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I've tasted the red as well, but I was happily, really happily surprised by the white wines that I tested in, uh, in Israel. And no longer than yesterday evening where we had dinner together, we had... One uh, very nice uh, blend of... Uh, Which one did he try? Oraganos. The Oraganos. Ooh, Oraganos. Yeah. Very good wine. Very, very, good wine, yeah. very nice blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay, if I remember. Right. And, I mean, what really strikes me, because the weather there is so warm, and you can... I mean, for me, it's very challenging to imagine how you can produce white wine in a very uh, warm country because right. because the sun literally burns down the acidity and so and the freshness of the wine, and often the wine gets tired. And the wine that I tried from Israel, the white wines, were really a great surprise to me. Nice freshness, great acidity. I mean, you want not just a glass, you want more. And this, this the other thing is, is, uh, is when a wine is really well made. So the French winemakers don't scoff at Israeli winemakers, or the American ones, do they? <laughs> <laughs> or only some do. Only Claude does it, but only some of them do. Only some do. <laughs> because because I, I would assume the French winemakers look at themselves possibly rightfully so, as the great traditionalist winemakers, right? Oh, yeah, they are they, course, When it comes to traditionalist winemakers, they are number one in the world, right? You, you, know, you know, French consider them, uh, themselves as number one in the world for right. anything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that's how snobbish... You're not, you're not apologizing for that? No, no. That, I know that's how snobbish attitude, so uh, <laughs> it needs to be corrected. So, <laughs> But you would admit, and, and you certainly would, but uh, some of your colleagues might admit as well that, uh, that they could visit Israel and find some good quality um, winemakers. Def- definitely. Yeah. And go to California as well and sure, find absolutely. some... Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. There's no. I mean, the the, the wine doesn't have any limit, right? And uh, if if again, I think it's a big question of uh, climate and terroir, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, right. To to make not those kind of you know technical industrial wines, which you can find in some places, because they're very regular, they're going to taste the same all the time. And this is not what I'm interested in personally. I'm looking for that you know like earthy terroir expression of the wines and. Right. Uh, you can find that in in every country, but besides terroir and uh, climate, I think it's also the the way the 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 way people make the wines, and uh, and uh, maybe in some countries people have more that's maybe the, uh, not knowledge, but lets the terroir express itself more than making a very. I don't know if it might, if I make sense, but yeah, yeah, uh, in, instead of making a very steady kind of industrial way of making the wine, which is a bit sad in the end because it's. Should should remain a, a live product, right? And right. loving product. Understood. Uh, everyone, check it out. It's the Koenig Winery. They've got four varieties. Uh, they are in our area and available in the U.S. because of our friends at Royal Wine. 
Uh, and uh, Claude, an absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you, Narum. Thanks. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm honored that you invited me. For a pleasure. To, Continued to success. Thank you. And uh, Gabe Geller, I thank you as well. You're always bringing interesting guests Thanks to us. Welcome. Thank you very much. Gabe Geller is a wine education manager at Royal Wine. Uh, check it out, everybody. It's Koenig, K-O-E-N-I-G. Our recommendation today for this Shabbos or any time in the world of kosher wine. More coming up at JM in the AM. Mm-hmm.